0: Welcome to episode twenty nine of the Television Crossover Universe on the Grand Gengnal Network. We are at Scarecon. Uh, this is our first time not recording from the studio, although the studio has come to Scarecon. Um, it's it's our mini Castle Wolfenstein here at, at Scarecon. Um, it's been a great great weekend. Uh, we've we've been on some panels. Uh, tips tips for um, successful podcasting. I met some great other podcasters and um you know on the website i'm going to be promoting them and uh i just want to say uh you know every everybody who who attended the panel said we were great and um we've met a lot of celebrities today and a lot of vendors and a lot of um uh great people and um worry don't have an agenda for today's show other than um right now i've sent ivan and chris out to um to go talk to celebrities and we're just gonna cut to them and uh and hear them uh, chatting with various celebrities and, and, and uh, awesome people here at the convention. So uh, I'm going to cut to them.
1: So this is Ivan Chris. and Chris with okay. the Television Crossover Universe podcast, and right now we have with us... Legendary
2: film star, Sean Whalen. Hi, how are you guys? We're super, thanks for asking. Uh, I uh, wanted to tell you guys about a very exciting movie that I am in with legendary horror icon actors, Sid Haig, Bill Moseley, Tony Todd, Tony Moran, Kane Hodder, the list goes on and on and on Holy and on. Holy shnikes. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Barbara Crampton, um, Dee Wallace, uh, so many people. Um, and it is coming out hopefully in January and February. It's like the Expendables of Horror. It was written by the late Gunnar Hansen. It was directed by Harrison Smith. It's going to be very exciting. Hope you guys are up for it. Uh, early 2017, Death House. it House. Off. Now, yep. can you
1: tell us anything about, I mean, Anybody who listens to our show is going to want to see it just because of maybe a third of those names. Right. But what's the movie about?
2: Well, it's a very, very secret uh, movie, so we're not allowed to talk about much, but I can tell you I play Satan. That's all I can tell
1: you. We only have like 12 listeners, so you're not really going to (laughs) spoil it too much if you...
2: Well, Uh, well, again, sworn to secrecy. The fact that one of the creepiest
1: looking men in Hollywood, no offense... He's playing Satan. Yes. that That's enough to sell me.
2: There you go. Thank you, you give them hell in that movie. I will, literally.
1: <laughs>
2: or that take and of them there.
1: having Barbara Crampton in it's not, not too Never shabby bad. either. Not I'm, too shabby. I might be a fan She's of some amazing. of her films. But yeah, maybe, <laughs>
2: maybe. Yeah, exactly. Well, check it out. Coming uh, early 2017 uh, and... We'll figure. I don't know if it's going to be on the screen or streaming, but um, you can also check it out at um, Death House the, at Death House Movie on Twitter and on Facebook.com, the uh, official Death House page. Just go to excellent. Yep. Definitely going to be looking forward to this one. All right, guys. However it releases. It is yes. cool,
3: and I hear the lovely Felissa Rose will be producing.
2: Yes, she did produce. Did and produce. Now is, yeah. It's in. It just got locked picture last night, so they're now working on sound and effects. So... So, sequel! <laughs> yeah. Well, no, they got they got more work to do. Okay. I mean, that just means they locked the picture-picture. Now they got to do sound and visuals and all right. that stuff. So.
1: Post-production. Yes, I you,
2: post-production. I hope you give us a franchise out of this. Uh, we hope so, too. So. Well, I mean,
1: The Expendables had three movies, I'm sure. Yeah. With uh, the, such luminaries you guys have
2: in there, you... Yep. I can't imagine it not being a hit. Well, it's an homage to Gunnar Hansen, so... Right. Uh, everybody wanted to be involved. It's a great movie. I'm sure there'll be at least one chainsaw in there somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> All right, guys. Okay, right, well, Thank you
1: very thank much you. for talking with us. Thank you, you right. very much. Will do. Will yeah! do. How are you doing? We are doing pretty well. Okay. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Shoggoth Assembly?
4: We are a uh, special effects group that does uh, a lot of work with the area films in the southern Maine or New England region. Uh, we sell masks and other uh, bloody props all over the world, and uh, we just artists who do a lot of different things, and the tie-in with the Shoggoth is we are, if you're familiar with Shawguth—is a Shoggoth is, a bit. We, uh, <laughs> we are an entity that can turn into whatever it is that you Need to get the whatever job you need to have done. So, so if you need got a, a lot Groot, of roots, a shagot can a, be a Groot, a Groot Thula, a Groot Thula. Yes. Yeah, so, so a crossover. If you
3: need an ood, a shagot could be an ood. So or, does that include morphing effects? Do you guys
4: do that also? Well, we don't do visual. We we don't do visual things, but anything practical. We, we do effects. a lot of practical work with. Uh,
1: so they create. Props,
3: yes. Ah, including body parts. And yes. I must wonder if you are also a fan of hockey, because there is a face-off in the corner.
0: <laughs> uh, 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 all right, sorry. But, but, uh, there's a, there's, These are the jokes, there.
3: there's, there's a lot of cool stuff there, I must say. Because we're doing just audio, but, you know, a lot of yes. torn faces.
1: And um, the Sugar Skull makeup. On the human face is, is I think a nice touch. It adds a little splash of class. No, thank you. Let's just say if <laughs> Leatherface.
3: If he was Leatherface was here now, he'd be in his version of heaven.
1: <laughs> or the whole family, since we've got plenty of things to eat. <laughs> That's a good point. This is good work. Is it is it, thank
3: you. it you're very welcome. How how much, like, uh, what is that the process that goes into it? Is there, like, days of hard work? and It can be.
4: Uh, like, with a lot of the stuff we do is based off of life casting. So we have a model that I've taken a, a silicone cast of their, you know, a, a, a mega mold of their body parts or whatnot, and, uh, then that gets all the detail, you know, like with this foot, with the with the young lady who molded for this year, you get every little oh, yeah. line and wrinkle, every little bit. You of,
1: can take uh, fingerprints off those toes, absolutely. And
4: all those fingers and the hands, they all have fingerprints on them. You know, of the person who uh, molded for them, but they have all the kind of detail that you really don't see if, like, you have somebody sculpt something, just because you know human human details crazy you know of course um and so after that then according to what type of mold it is it's uh layering in different layers of silicone into them and coloring them afterwards and so all the entirety of the mass are entirely silicone including the paint so nothing will ever rub off it'll it's all just totally one piece of rubber like if you have like one of these fingers you know see all the stuff that will twist and turn. The paint doesn't come off because it's all silicone, you know. Right. And then if you can put makeup on these if you want. You can put fake blood or whatever and just wash them off with soap and water. And then they're back to how
1: I made them for you. So if you wanted to put a different face on that doll you keep under your bed, you can put one of these on it and add right. a little makeup. There you go. So then if that I wanted variety. to...
3: <laughs> if I wanted to do a movie where I had the honor of killing Ivan and cutting off his head you guys could do a mold of his, of his face that absolutely we could put, and we could make it look exactly like it's actually his head coming off
4: that's right yep I've done a few full heads for different productions and stage productions a lot of uh, of uh, Shakespeare <laughs> and get removed so I've done a few of those and, and, and that's your yet, guy <laughs>
3: And best yet you're a lovecraft fan this oh, absolutely, absolutely
1: yeah. I might be a little into the Lovecraft. A little into Lovecraft, very yeah. nice. That's so very nice.
3: And I see here you're not
1: limited to sculpting just humans or just... Oh, creation. no, no. no. This, this, this is just the stuff that's easier to sell. I, uh, I've seen much bigger displays yeah. at other shows from you guys.
4: Yeah, we, we have a little a little bit... We'll spread out a little more, and I have a lot more monstery heads and stuff like that. According to how much table space, you know, we don't always bring it. Right. Because I would have no room to save
3: <laughs> This is quite an, an artistic achievement. I mean, I'm... It, you. are very welcome. It's, it? I, I see a Cthulhu influence here. Am I correct? Oh, absolutely. This is... Oh. This is a... a I made this like six years ago.
4: It was uh, commissioned by a uh, um, a high school, weirdly enough, uh, of a friend of mine who runs on the the program there. And they had a play where they had these octopoid aliens that were uh, that were preserving the last of humanity as specimens. You know, because humanity destroyed itself, but the humans didn't know this. It's just, they just woke up one day and they're in their shop after a big boom goes off outside, and so. Much like they were at the zoo looking at at, that octopus, then suddenly these aliens took these two humans. They were trying to get them to breed, but they hated each other. So they ended up lobotomizing each of them, so they stopped being a menace. And it's really good for their species and all that kind of stuff. And this was a high school project. It was a high school play. Nice. But it was for one-act plays. And they had, if you can picture uh, the actor who wore this, also had these gloves that were these little tentacle gloves. And he had this big, deep red robe on, and the hood came way over and anytime you saw uh, aliens interact with with the human subjects in the uh, yeah feel know, free to touch anything <laughs> anytime you saw humans interact with human subjects they had this blue human rubber mask face and these great big white gloves as <laughs> they came in trying to look all natural to the humans and then and then when he reveals himself at the end he just draws as he's talking he's like jiggling his face <laughs> and uh and uh and he draws the hood back and like all the girls in the audience scream and all that kind of stuff and it was it was a great it was a great reveal but yeah that uh freeport high school in maine uh they do uh they write their own one act play submissions every year and it's they they usually get within the top two or three of the state that's really kind of phenomenal
3: so you never know who your clients may be (laughs) no it could be
4: anybody and i love that it's uh it's uh which clients would commission one of these (laughs) That was actually, and I know the shape seems suggestive, and it's really funny that this horror convention, I have more people talking about the shape of this. I've never had anybody, except for one other con, people
1: talk about the shape of this. I heard people talking about that yesterday. I thought, come on, guys. It's obviously Cthulhu. Well, this is an an octopus on a
4: tower of skulls. Yeah, so he's sitting on a pile of uh, bones, basically. Right. And, uh, but I made this originally as a candle for a friend. I had one Christmas where I just like, hey, let's make some candles, and I sculpted that, and I made a candle mold, and then I uh, decided to make some resin versions of it. So it just so happens that it has that shape. It was not intended, and I right. actually didn't even see it until someone brings it up. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that is. But you take the top of an octopus head, point it up a little bit, and suddenly you get a little phallic. And when
1: it's underwater, it can do that. So <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah, Natural for them. I do have one of these that I got from you at uh, Necronomicon oh, Providence a few great. years back.
4: Yeah, I ended up selling a bunch of those yeah. at the Necronomicon. They they're pretty popular. So
1: Definitely good work here. I I believe you were wandering around with one of these around your neck yesterday. I that no. not
4: you? Okay. Oh, no, no. There's another gentleman. He has, oh, okay. He had a latex one. That was. He actually came over and was admiring my intestines rather than his own intestines, yeah. I have uh, shorter links of it, too, if you want to. I saw that, yeah. A little bit. This a really. This is a squishier type of silicone. If you want to grab it, than wow. uh, the other types
3: of silicone I'm using. I didn't think I would have the guts to handle this. Oh. The intestinal fortitude.
1: Oh. Worse. <laughs> okay then. Well, what kind of projects do you have coming up? Other shows you're going to do? Other things you're going to craft? I
4: have. Uh, I'm going to Massive at the end of the month. Uh, another Massachusetts convention. Um, I have. Uh, there's a number of. Uh, In Maine, there is a festival every year that has uh, a number of Maine uh, horror productions that are all put into one uh, film called Damnation Land. And uh, so they've been doing that for
1: several years now. So would you say that they actually mash up a bunch of different people's projects into one Thing for Damnation Land?
4: No, no. They actually take. Uh, they, they have uh, local main uh, directors and producers and stuff make shorts. Also, oh, like it's like a there. film festival. It's a film festival. Graphic. Excellent. And okay. they make like 15-minute uh, little shorts, and then they put it together and they time together with these little inter you know, in in between things between the films.
1: Some sort of a segue. Yeah, some
4: kind of a segue and, uh, but it's just like little story, little story, little story and they usually have, you know, eight or ten different uh, little stories in the thing but uh, every summer it's a lot of uh, people coming to me like, I got this thing I want to do now, you know, (laughs) so uh, I've already worked on a couple of them for this year but we'll, I expect that this summer I'll be doing a bunch of Damnation Land stuff and getting ready for other uh, conventions in the fall. And Cool been taking care of online orders because i have an online shop with etsy that i sell these masks and figurines and everything and send
1: them out around the world so if i was listening to this on radio because we are an audio program only Absolutely. how would we find you on etsy
4: you could find me on etsy at uh, look up shoggoth assembly one word s-h-o-g-g-o-t-h assembly um you know, or you can just say com will take me right to my site, or you can just look for that on on Etsy, or you can find the same Shogun Assembly on Facebook. And I have lots of, and lots of pictures of different things. I, all the masks that we do are all made to order, so you can go on there and it's all a card. You can say I'd like stitching, I'd like kind of a leather facey kind of effect done to this face, and
3: this is, these are nice.
4: And then my uh, my associate here, she does a lot of this horror stuff with me but she also makes tarot decks and she just had a successful kickstarter for vintage horror tarot deck that got funded on day one which is nice but so now it's just all gravy coming in so um what is the site how would they find that online
2: Um. It's just called the Vintage Horror Tarot on Kickstarter.
1: I don't know. The link is just Right, right. <laughs> well, once you're on Kickstarter, you type in Vintage Horror Tarot, yeah. you'll, and find, you'll it. find it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
4: And she's using uh, art uh, that she's altering from a lot of old uh, vintage uh, horror posters, like horror movie posters right. and, and clips from the movies and that kind of thing. And she, before, she's made a really nice uh, David Bowie deck.
1: Well, I see the David Bowie right there, yeah.
4: And uh, she's also done a Leonardo da Vinci artwork deck that she's created, but we're out of them right now. So, Well, such a good stuff. Excellent. And then if you're into more sewn things, this is uh, all stuff that's done by my wife. She does a lot of, uh, if you're into Lovecraftian stuff, I have a lot of hand... Uh, embroidered, uh, yeah, hand-embroidered uh, symbology like uh, elder signs and signs for Cthulhu, and uh, a couple of know, different Nile versions of Thothel. the elder sign uh, here. We got the you got the classic. The, you got the actual what what the, Lovecraft the and vision. version here? Exactly, yeah, different types for whoever, whatever you're into. Um, this is actually Cthulhu sign, right? I believe this is now a Um, and there
3: a of tap here anywhere? Yeah, that would oh, that's okay. his symbol. Oh, that is his cool. symbol. Um, Did I pronounce it right, Ivan? You know the what? There's, there's a lot of different ways. There's
4: a lot of different ways you can say it. You know, just, oh, sorry, cool. You can, you can <laughs> debate, you can do a nerd debate on that
1: forever. Yes, and there's no winners. <laughs> yeah, there's never any winners, because
4: he never actually told anybody. There you know,
1: are oh, lots oh, and lots right. of losers, <laughs> though, and many of them debate things like how to pronounce things from Lovecraft. That's,
4: that's right. <laughs> but uh, a lot of these in these little uh, horror-themed handbags... Uh, my wife does. Uh, and she has an online shop too with, uh, at uh, macaroniart. Art, uh, uh, That's another Etsy
1: an store. That's another Etsy right? store, okay. yeah. So, we got all sorts of stuff to promote. Excellent. Well, thank you much for being with us, and uh, I hope you're having a lot of fun and success at the show here. I am. Yeah. It's, it's been
4: a good show for us and a uh, good horror first year. Sure.
1: Great. it been nice. Thanks, guys. Thanks, cool. And with us now, we have...
5: Brian Edward Doyle.
1: And Brian Edward Doyle, what makes you so great?
5: Uh, I wrote... Besides the sideburns, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah, they definitely are fine-looking sideburns. Uh, I uh, I wrote, direct, and produced a horror anthology, Bernard T. Ward's Popcorn Bag of Terror. Uh, it's presented by Bernard Necktie Productions, and uh, it's a horror anthology with... Uh, has a little bit of everything, blood, guts, boobs, puppets, you name it, we have it all in it. Puppets? Tell us more. Wait a minute, no penis? <laughs> that We have that too, actually. Oh, okay. sorry, <laughs> that. Thanks okay, for on.
1: asking there, <laughs> yeah. He just spoiled the ending, I'm so sorry. <laughs> that <is laughs> the ending of
5: Sleepaway. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, yes. it was an ending. So what,
3: what are some of your favorite images that you have there?
5: Uh... There's three short films in it. It's called Slice, uh, I Heart Zombie, and The Hat Man. Slice is about, uh, this a, a prisoner named Otto Ramirez who escaped from prison and uh, he's basically on the loose to kill anyone who gets in his way and he comes across, he get, you know, like basically kills a piece of delivery driver and comes across these kids having a party and kills all of them and you know, try, has his fun with them. And then, uh, I Heart Zombie is the only one of the three that I did not direct. That was directed by uh, my friend Kevin or Rose in uh, North, South Carolina. That was all filmed, and uh, that's about uh, a teenage zombie girl who's dating a she's dating a human, and the whole concept she's like going over the family for dinner, and it's like you know what, what's the family's reaction when the zombie comes home, and then. The Hat Man is uh, actually it's also a silent film part that the, I did. Uh, I did I made it all, edit all of the old like 1900s early like 1900s films and uh, it's about uh, a demonic spirit that's like haunting this like newlywed couple. That just moves into their dream house and it's basically like, the spirit just basically do whatever he takes until like the, the you know the couple's dead, pretty much, and haunting them like you know messing around with them. And then it has a bunch of all little other little you know like little commercial bits like little like you know mock trailers and stuff oh, like cool. that. cool! So it has those like, are always fun to see in mm-hmm. movies. Oh, I know. So you have a lot of that stuff. Now let me ask
1: you: If say I am not at this convention that you are attending, and instead I'm listening to this on a podcast that's airing weeks after the convention, where can I find your movie?
5: Uh, right now. Uh I have it for sale on uh, Etsy.com, and uh, you can just find all the work uh, through that uh, on the Facebook page. It's uh, www.facebook.com slash Bernard T. Ward, P-B-O-T.
2: P-B-O-T.
5: And yeah. I was
1: honored to buy a copy right here.
5: Certainly was. Yes. I appreciate it.
1: Chris was here. Ha-ha, I bet you wish you were here, because you really should have seen okay. these puppets.
5: Quite something. Oh, you definitely can. You can see them all in RT Wars popcorn bag of terror.
1: There you go. Now on Facebook, where would they find it? Oh, that's the one you were just talking about. Yeah. Is there an Etsy store to buy the. Uh, yes, DVDs? there is. What would the Etsy store
5: be called? Uh, it's. Uh, you know, those are just weird. Because I don't have an actual, like, you know, like the Facebook link. Type, okay. but, but basically, if you just go on Etsy and search popcorn bag of terror, it'll, be, it'll, get, it'll come right up.
1: Fair enough. Alright, well thank you very much You're for welcome. being with us today and I right, hope you have you a lot very of success. Much. Well, I appreciate we it. We both thank follow you. your career yeah. and
5: love right. you. Oh thank you. I appreciate very it. You're welcome. Right.
3: Okay, this is Chris here and I am interviewing, proud to interview,
6: <laughs>
3: classic cosplayer, and that is LARP player, correct?
6: Yes, I also LARP and do a variety of other geeky mediums. And this
3: is Michelle Light.
6: Hi! people of the interwebs wait I'm in a box why am I in a box
3: don't think of it as a box think of it as a window with sides
6: uh-huh.
3: and thinking of yourself as someone who goes outside the box with whatever you do <laughs>
6: well that is true Uh. uh-, uh- Especially with my... Are you breaking my table? Technically, what, what's, I'm
3: redecorating... What's going on here? Ivan is knocking stuff down on Michelle's table. But anyway... Uh, well,
6: it's not my table. It's my friend.
3: Uh, uh, okay, I was a little... Michelle got a little technical there. But anyway, tell us about... <laughs> tell us about your LARP. And
6: well, um, I'm actually happy to be... Uh, I... I Uh, play a LARP called Legendary Library, which just started up um, in the Worcester area of Massachusetts. And it's basically every genre you can think of has come together in one central nexus to try to figure out why we're all here and try to get along and survive against whatever may try to attack us.
3: So is this, like, basically a major... What do they call it? Mass role-playing endeavor. Is that... Yes.
6: um, Everyone stays in character at all times uh, except for in, like, emergency situations or, like, caution, you're about to fall off a cliff or something like that.
3: And, um, can people get killed or how does that work?
6: Well, People don't really die. They just get really big boo-boos. Uh, the uh, death system in this larp is that first you go down, you go down for a certain amount of minutes without someone healing you, you get script marked. Once you get script marked, it basically means your story's at in jeopardy and if you get hit by death, you die.
3: I'm interested in knowing more about this peppy power your character has that you mentioned.
6: Well, since we're allowed to take characters from different medias, but we have to change it slightly to avoid copyright issues. Like, uh, we have The Revengers, with, uh, led by uh, Major Victory. If you can't tell, that's uh, the, the parody of The Avengers with uh, Captain America. Uh, my character's a parody of Navi from uh, Legend of Zelda. I know, I'm a horrible human being. So my character has abilities like, hey, listen, or watch out, and pep step, which basically it's like, everyone slow down and I get out of there.
3: That is so cool. That is a cool adjective, Peppy, and you have incorporated it into an actual move.
6: Well, I didn't come up with the name. The people behind the game, uh, my friend Tim, who's in charge of it, who's created this entire thing from the ground up, he and a bunch of really dedicated uh, members of his team, because it's a completely non-profit organization. Uh, Not a single penny gets put into anyone's pockets, besides everything goes back into the LARP. It's, um a lot of fun and he and his team and his crew and everyone who's involved between the players the people who uh NPC and our cannon fodder for all of us to beat up all of them do a really wonderful job at everything that they do and I'm proud to say that I get to play in it
3: so that you how often you guys meet and in-
6: Well, we had our first game just a few weeks ago, and I think it turned out to be a really huge success. Uh, There was a beta event before this one, but uh, it was a one-day event. We uh, go for an entire weekend, we immerse in in story, I don't want to say 24-7, because we're allowed to uh, have a soft stop where we don't have to be in character, but things can still happen.
3: Are these like all-night contests, like with the...
6: We, uh, we, uh, you have the choice to either you can uh, sleep on site or you can uh, go uh, home if you live within driving distance.
3: Oh, that is cool. So it's actually, um, I know, so some of you do meet in person to have this done. Is, is there also those who can meet with you in an online manner?
6: Uh, I mean, we have a, a role-playing page that's for Facebook, but that's only if you've already been to the LARPing game and you've already been in person. You have to have played Uh, in person. The uh, LARPing page is really just for, uh, the role-playing page is actually just for in-between games to settle. Okay, are we doing crafting? Okay, do we need to elect some new laws? Hey, is our mayor doing a good job? So then, is it
3: what genre? Would you say this is a mixture of genres, or uh, wh- it's
6: like fan fiction? The mark that's what I'm calling it in my head, um, because literally you have action characters, you have superheroes, you have fairies, you have uh, heroes and villains of legend and lore all coming together in one place.
3: That is very cool, and in terms of uh, um, public domain characters that you could incorporate, are there some examples of such characters you've incorporated?
6: Well, um, I've seen uh, Peter Pan's shadow from the Peter Pan uh, Legends. Uh, His character's amazing. Um, We've also uh, had to deal with uh, Little John with with a few gangs. We've also had to deal with the Big Bad Wolf and Prince Charming as well.
3: So do you go to like interesting locations, like Sherwood Forest, etc.?
6: No, uh, literally, uh, the world of it is really complex and detailed, but we, uh, there aren't like, oh, here's Sherwood Forest, it's like, no, here's some forest areas, here's some lake areas, here's things like that, and it's evolving and changing, and pieces can move around in this world. There's even a mythos in-game about a land that just completely disappeared off the face of the earth.
3: So, that basically, it's world, it is progressive world-building. Is that an appropriate term? That
6: I would use? guess that would be an appropriate
3: term. And, basically, what do you find the most fun about it?
6: Every single person who comes and plays, or people who NPC, they do an amazing job with the immersion and making us feel that everything is real. And they do an amazing job. It's well-organized and... It's just a beautiful, beautiful. I had a really wonderful weekend and I enjoyed it. Everyone was so friendly. even if they're in-game characters or complete jerks out of game, everyone is just so sweet and wonderful.
3: So these are like you make you guys make a whole weekend out of it basically. And yes.
6: We make a whole weekend out of it. We even make meals for each other. Some people uh, use uh, sell food for in-game currency for people who might not have a couple bucks to spend.
3: So this, uh, and, and this is done, a base. Uh, I don't know if I asked this, but it's like a regular basis, like uh
6: Well, uh, we're having a, a, our next game that's going on is about two weeks from when I'm saying this. I don't know when uh, this is actually going to appear on the interweb and the jigs.
3: Neither do I, so don't feel bad.
6: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I'd have to say that, uh, to be frank... Um, um, we're having another event uh, two weeks from when I'm saying this, and then we're going to have some events come in the fall. Uh, there's also a bunch of other LARPs in the area, like Mistgate's really good. That's up in New Hampshire and Maine, for those of you who want to go up there. There's um, Dystopia Rising, which is a really immersive uh, role-playing game. There's very little combat in it, having to deal with the uh, zombie fallout radiation type of thing. There's... um. A new one coming up that's based on fairies and the mythos around uh, Fae, that's also really good. A bunch of my friends are doing a bunch of these different LARPs, and I love it all so much.
3: That's Your enthusiasm re- is really infectious on this, I must say. <laughs> and what I really should ask is LARP is an acronym for something, correct?
6: Yes, Live Action Role Playing.
3: Which is sort of like... I'm getting the impression, virtual reality without the technology.
6: Of course, and there's actual outside air and possible sunburn.
3: And where basically your mental imagery does all the work.
6: Yes. It's like when you play Pathfinder or Dungeons & Dragons and you really believe you're in the lands that you're in and you're playing as your character. It's kind of like that, only you actually have to move around and do stuff. And you're sort of bound by your physical limitations, but at the same time you're not.
1: Right now, I believe I'm in a magical land called Springfield.
6: Oh my goodness, this place called Springfield? Which one? There's a difference? Yes. There's the one with the Simpsons. There's the one with this convention. Okay,
1: the one with Dr. Seuss.
6: Yes. That one's a good one.
3: And before the Segways out of interview territory, <laughs> I guess I should... Um, I should basically end by asking Michelle is there anything else you'd like to plug any project you'll be working on that
6: Well um, as a cosplayer I'm always booping around different conventions say uh, things like that. I'll actually be at Kineticon which is in July uh, there with uh, doing interviews and stuff like that uh, as part of my own little uh, media thing that I help out with um, and I'll just be doing a bunch of cosplaying online with at, at Paper Toad at Cosplay because I'm a huge Mario dork Toadette's my favorite character, and Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door is my favorite Mario game of all time. So uh, I came up with my cosplay name based off of that.
3: Well, I thank you. It was a pleasure to interview you, and...
6: It was a pleasure to talk with you as well.
3: Thank you very much, Michelle.
6: No problem.
1: Did you stop it yet? No, it's blank. It's still recording? Okay. You had to hit the bottom button to get the screen back on,
7: This film for six months before we started filming. I happen to be a member of the actors studio, and uh, that was tough. I'll never do that again, though. I'll tell that's you that's some
1: serious method acting you were uh, into. Well, that.
7: I consulted with De Niro, you know, he was just putting on weight for Raging Bull, and we talked about it. And uh, But uh, getting them reduced was the problem. I'm still carrying some flaps with me. Eh, Well, who isn't? I mean, let's be honest. <laughs>
3: Are they able to reconnect your penis effectively, basically? Well, I, never, I assume you just tucked with. it. Okay.
7: <laughs> I, I, I know, I, I was married at one point.
1: Yeah, but I didn't Old you, jokes, you want the old jokes? Okay, no, so. What you to do.
3: Didn't think you Maybe, to since Bobbi.
1: this is not a visual medium, we should explain who we're talking to. Yes. May we call you James? Yes, please. Okay, James Lawrence of Frankenhooker. That's right. And we are here... I'm not just a stooge. He's not just a stooge. He's a a very witty guy. I wish Joe Bessers was still here.
7: I'd like to kick him right in the teeth. Ouch! (laughs) Why not go for the groin? Less of an effort. Shemp would have wanted it that way. Ah, okay.
1: Well, thank you for the introduction. Certainly. So, you are here today, obviously, promoting Frankenhooker. That's right. Do you have any other projects coming out...
7: Well, not at the time. I'm working on a few things, uh, some independent things. Uh, uh, but uh, you know, I, uh, I was also in a film called Street Trash. That uh, ah. is good to know. That's another big, uh, uh, you know, popular film on this circuit. You know, the right, home, so. cult classic. I've done some uh, some other types of films. I was in a movie called The Jerky Boys, and uh, I
1: think we've heard of that uh, one too. Yeah,
7: called uh, King of New York, and. Uh, last day to Brooklyn. I was on a TV show for a, a half a year, City, with Valerie Harper. So, uh, I'm not just a stooge. Nobody thinks that you're only a stooge. I'm just trying to, I, I'm auditioning for the Joe Bessel story next week. <laughs> I'm trying to get in character. Don't hit me. I want more money than Shemp guys. Never. Just gouge his oh, eyes. My word. That was so not. Well, he had it in his contract. I don't want to get hit. He didn't want to get hit. So Larry really took the beatings on you know, the Joe Bester one. That's unfortunate. Yeah, right. You know, Larry took one for the team. He took a lot for that team. You know, they had to feed him
3: anally at the end of his life. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He... When you said they took a lot for the team, I was actually, you don't want to know what I was thinking anyway. That was, oh, oh, you
7: I mean, never
1: want to know what you're thinking. Okay. I don't know why you even bother to open your mouth.
7: Come on. You hide. mean like that crossover uh, picture, uh, the three Stooges meet the boys in the band? Is that what you were thinking? Something like that. Taking
1: things for the team. It's not a visual meeting. The porn parody. Although everything... I, I can't imagine they would ever do a porn parody of Frank and Hooker. That would just seem redundant.
7: They did. There was one done. It, it starred... Uh, uh, what's her name? Oh, uh, Heather uh, Hunter did it. Really? Yeah. They, did it. they really did it. I didn't I, see it. I know they did one of Reanimator called Repenetrator. Oh, I have I not seen you. it. Oh, yeah. sure. You know, they've done one on everything. I, I used to sell uh, videos on... All to video stores and sales jobs. And There was a whole adult section. There's a movie called Tits, A Wonderful Life. <laughs> I, I said, how I could gotta you be honest. not have that one? How could you not have that one? Wall Street and a Wall Street. Uh, what else? Tits a Wonderful Life. Uh, yeah, Tits of that- Wonderful Life was the best one I, I, think I could think of. And in this one, George Bailey stays in Pottersville. He doesn't leave.
1: Wow, this, yeah. this place seems perfect for me. Everybody's so loony and they want to get naked. I, I, I'm kind of enjoying that. It's not
7: bad. It's not a bad impersonation there. Yeah, you boys must be performers yourselves.
1: Well, we run a podcast, but close enough, I that's guess. as close as it gets. <laughs> what do you mean, like a Peepod? pod? Well, I wouldn't say we're that close. Hey, where's the other guy? The other guy was so important, he has in a panel right now. Oh, that's right, he's doing
7: the independent filmmakers panel, that's
1: right. So we, we are less that? important, so oh, I, I we're couldn't. here. I had to stay here. But we get to interview important people like you, so it all balances out. <laughs> some blow job, let me tell you. Oh, God. Uh,
3: well, you listen. know the saying, it's not who you know, it's who you blow. As my grandfather would always say. Your grandfather would say that to you?
7: <laughs>
3: I meant he would that was his <laughs> ma- point, his motto about how you get ahead in life. Well, I, Dr. Natalie knows how you get ahead in life. That's my, not the uh, kind of head I was thinking of.
7: My grandfather also used to say... Uh, money talks, bullshit walks. So grandfathers knew what
3: they were talking about. They did indeed. And then he blew me. <laughs> right oh, God. There. Oh! You know, this is not relevant <laughs> to anything, um, James, but I was just wondering, imagine if you uh, walked into a Hooters restaurant and all the waitresses were dressed like owls, wouldn't it be something? The Hooters. Yes. Yes. Who? 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 Who do you say?
1: Who?
7: Um, Good woodsy imitation. Boy, this is going nowhere. Really anyway. is. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we're not talking right, about This is my possibly the now. worst interview we have ever held. Well, no, I can Thank I, you I, for participating in our even downward worse
7: spiral three years ago. <laughs> Where the guy I was interviewing him at one point because he didn't have any questions and I, I just So I said, "Well, how do you feel?" Do you do? <laughs> well, you were dressed as a doctor, so he probably thought you were there to help him. Actually, was on a panel in front of an oh. audience. So. Oh. Yeah, that was a little <laughs>
1: shit. I'd like to ask a question um, um, How
3: does it make you feel? <laughs> How do I get to the merit? Here? <laughs> Is that a blood stain on your shirt there? No, I don't mean uh, that's. So I what understand. Are
7: the, the what other guests have you interviewed for this podcast?
3: Oh,
1: golly. What well, company am I in? Golly. Golly. You're I'm in company of Sean Whalen of. Uh, um, he was promoting Death House, and he was more than willing to promote Death House on our podcast. Nice. Death House. And you're in the company of Michelle White. As he described Death House, it is the horror genre's version of The Expendables because of so many actors famous for doing horror all in one film. Oh,
7: sort of like the Dirty Dozen of uh, horror. Yes. Sort of like the um, mad, 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 mad world of horror. Well, that was almost a horror itself.
1: Now that happens to be one of my top films. Oh, I love it! I, whenever I am on the coast, I look for giant W's, just in case. That there's one
7: tree still there. I went and looked at it when I lived in L.A. Still there. One tree. The rest of them are you know. That's People sad. thought there was real money there, so they came. You know, they came and dug everything up. What's your favorite
1: scene in Mad Mad, Mad Mad? Oh, let's see. There are many good ones, but I think one of those chase the. The stuff that went on in the cars, I'm, I'm having trouble distinguishing it
7: though. Yeah, you saw the movie already. Right. Oh, come on! I, has, I, I, I have how I came movie. along
1: just in time. <laughs> <laughs> Save Excuse man. me, I happen okay, to have well,
7: a, a customer
1: here. <laughs> all right, James Lawrence has more important things to do and we can't blame him.
7: <laughs> now, if you'll uh, just hold on a moment.
1: How long have you been coming to these conventions? Okay, what do you think of this one? I mean, have you been to Scarecon specifically before? If you think we're the best, say nothing. (laughs) Well, how does this one compare to other Scarecons then? A lot of people think that Jason Voorhees would win in a fight. Personally, what do you think your odds are? All right, excellent. Well, thank you, and I really wish this was a video medium, but instead it's only audio. Thank you very much for your input. This is Ivan Shablotsky. And this is Christopher Nigro. And we are today at the wonder and spectacle that is the Mass Mutual Center in beautiful Springfield, Massachusetts. For Scaricon. Right now we're talking with Dr. Chris from Radio of Horror. How are you doing today, Chris? Good. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do?
8: I run a horror radio show that uh, started out originally as a uh, blog in uh, 2005, 2006, and then it morphed into a radio show uh, in 2007, and it's been going on the air since two- October 15, 2007. So I'm the, uh, actually the longest-running horror-themed show of any kind in New England. Excellent. Yes.
1: So now where can people hear this radio show?
8: 91.3 FM, WCUW in Worcester, online at WCUW.org, and on YouTube at Radio R.
1: Excellent. Okay, so what do you think of
8: ScareCon? It's been okay. It's, it's a small, very tight-knit convention. It's, it's not, definitely not as uh, overly crowded and uh, out of control as some other
1: cons. Okay, now I want your honest opinion. Do these pants make me look fat? It's okay. I can take I don't take like it. entrapment questions. <laughs> <laughs> I respect that. Okay. Anything? Sean, he wants to know if these pants make him look fat. <laughs> okay. No, it's probably my big belly that makes me look fat. I get it. Okay.
8: Um, and then I'll be at other conventions coming up soon with my partner, Isaiah Solaris, uh, who's the comic book artist for my comic book Dracula, the graphic novel. Oh, when is that expected take, out? They, we take the entire story of Dracula and we gender swap the entire cast. That could be the, fun. The story that you know, we add some things to it so it's not exactly Bram Stoker's exact story because that is actually kind of boring.
1: Abraham Van Helsing.
8: <laughs> Sorry. No, that's the forno. Uh, ours is called Anastasia Van Helsing. And, also good. And she's actually a talk show host, a uh, medical talk show host, uh, and of course a doctor as well. So she a gives out she gives out medical... Doc- she, she has a medical show talking about medical advice, but she also obviously delves in the occult has, knowing about vampires and such. So, And the mini-comic book will debut at That's Entertainment at Worcester on October 29th. It's the mini comics Dracula's Guest and Resurrection, and it's tied into a short film you can watch on YouTube called Dracula's Guest, which you can probably see in the description box of this interview somewhere that they'll post. Probably (laughs) so. I'm pointing, (laughs) even though you can't see me pointing. And then next year sometime we'll have the actual Dracula graphic novel, 50-page graphic novel.
1: Okay, so this will be kind of the teaser for it. This is two prequel little mini-stories
8: that are not in the main book itself, yes. Dracula's Guest and Dracula's Resurrection.
1: Which have been published before... Well, Dracula's guest as a Bram Stoker short story. Yeah, short Which story. We completely change
8: and adapt because that story's boring. So.
1: It kind of is. It's easy to see why
8: his editor Dracula left it out. And Frankenstein as books in 2016 are boring.
1: I'll be honest. You I found them, Dracula. I just reread you, it last year.
8: You adapt them or you rewrite them. They become much more. The tale itself is entertaining the context of the writing of the story is
1: well yeah if you bring really it up hard. into modern society a lot of English
8: professors a lot of even horror fans I know who try tried to read like Frankenstein today they're like this is not an easy novel to read
1: use the knowledge that we have of the world today and use you know the language that we use in the world today exactly. that's
8: it's like war, it's like trying to read War of the Worlds today compared to back then. I mean, uh, there was a company. Uh, I forget. I forget, uh, Asylum Films. They actually tried to adapt the actual novel. Word for word into a movie, and it was like, impossible yeah. to watch
1: <laughs> but most things Asylum does are hard to watch. Let's yeah, be honest. but when you really
8: try to adapt word for word a novel, it's like, what are you doing wrong? With everything. This isn't like Poe. Oh, Poe stuff could be easily adapted to like an animated film, right? Maybe, which they did do actually. I mean, it was like, uh, Bill Lugosi was in it because they found an old interview that he read at home, whatever,
1: so they turned it into an animated movie. Christopher Lee, uh, Guillermo del Toro. Even James Earl Jones has done a reading of The Raven. Everyone's done The Raven.
8: Christopher Lee to Patrick Stewart to James Earl Jones, yeah. Uh, But you can find out more about my show on Radio Horror on Facebook. And the uh, Facebook page for Dracula is Dracula the Graphic Novel. Excellent. And, um, again, all the old interviews can be found on the YouTube page, Radio Horror. Cool. Cool. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you very much
1: for being with us. No problem, man. talking to the stars of Mystery Science Theater 3000. And of course, this is Frank Conniff and Trace Beaulieu. Sorry about that. You are very close. You were in the zone. We brought you in. Well, thank you for bringing me in. Now... I think anybody who listens to our show already knows what Misty 3K is, but since we only have like 12 listeners anyway, why don't you go ahead and tell
9: us? Mystery Science Theater 3000 is a movie mocking show, movie riffing show from the 90s uh, with uh, Man Trapped in Space by Mad Scientist, played by Frank Conniff, TV's Frank Conniff. TV's. me. And myself, as Dr. Clayton Forrester, I I also played Crow T. Robot in the first seven seasons. And uh, the mad scientist force either Joel or Mike, depending on which era you're watching, to watch bad movies. And because they're forced to watch bad movies, they make comments to amuse themselves. Of course. So we watch
1: bad movies for free, but you know, we're not really photogenic, so they wouldn't put us in a satellite anyway.
9: Well, we weren't either. That's why they showed us in silhouette.
10: Ah. Back <laughs> or, in those days, you didn't need to be photogenic to be on comedy Central.
9: Oh, this is true. They
1: they did start out with very humble beginnings, but have built into quite the empire.
9: They, uh, they are the number one comedy out, output. Out thing. Tube to the universe. Yes. I don't know what I'm talking about. A Network might work. <laughs> yes, a network. Why not? What do we call this? How about tube to the universe? No, <laughs> let's stick with network. It's a thing. Well, you guys basically
3: made a show out of something that a lot of uh, movie buddies would do for ages. Watch bad movies and point out all the flaws. But doing it, you guys professionalized it. Is that the word? Pointing out flaws in bad movies and letting us well, know. I don't know if we. I mean, we
10: pointed out flaws, but it was mainly all about just having fun with the movie and and using whatever happens in the movie to joke about it. Um, the way I've come to look at it, at it more is, is that we were collaborating with the movie to, you know, the movie. And then our riffs added to a different um, entertainment Uh oh, absolutely. entertainment. And so, we, uh, you know, I kind of look at it as we were all in it together with the movie makers.
9: I think the film was the injured party and we were performing <laughs> occupational yes. therapy with it. Well, the expression
1: occupational the f- therapy, or possibly autism. Wow, autism or Asperger's. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll just ignore them But I, I hope I can edit that out. <laughs> we'll,
10: we'll fix it in post. Don't no yeah. worry. Yes, we always do that. Well, we no, could, we don't.
1: We could
3: basically say, "What's the expression? Movies that are so bad they're good." Yeah. Yeah, they're so yeah.
10: bad um, that they're fun to watch. You know, there are a lot of movies like that. I would have never
1: watched Arizona Werewolf if you guys hadn't done it. Oh, we, did we do Arizona yeah. Werewolf? I'm, I know
9: they did Werewolf in the sci fi. Yeah, Werewolf. Well, yeah. the
1: original title was a Werewolf, but since there were like seven movies that yeah. were just called Werewolf, it's on home video it's called Arizona Werewolf. Oh, I I feel knew it. That. Yeah. Well, there's another great service you guys did. You kept
3: a lot of obscure movies in the eyes of the public.
9: That's right. Yeah. Uh, if it hadn't been for Frank reaching into a dank, dark, cardboard box and pulling out Manos the Hands of Fate, the world would not have that pleasure of seeing that film.
3: And thanks to you guys, maybe that's how it got its recent re-release.
10: Yeah, every uh, Manos in the Hands of Fate is uh, you know. There's a sequel. There's a, re- a restoration. There's a remake. There's a puppet show. There's a
1: musical. There's
9: a childhood illness.
1: Yes. <laughs> it's all. I had a childhood things. illness that was called the Hand of Fate, but I don't think it was Manos. No, no. that's no. why you're wearing glasses. That's and <laughs> yes. why. I'm, well, you can't see the colostomy bag, but trust me, it's there.
9: Oh, okay. <laughs> Believe me, I smell it all the time when I'm hanging there. And you have a head in a pan. Oh, yes. Well, that's Dr. Hadley. Ah, okay.
1: He, he disagreed with me about my theories for reanimation. And, and then you
9: become uh casserole.
1: Yeah, well, he still disagrees with me, but now he has no vocal cords, so...
3: See, this way he gets to keep his counsel and opinions about... How to make the best reagent without having to, you know, have to deal with him trying to kill.
1: Oh, he still doesn't think the reagent works. He's still getting that over on.
9: Yeah, he does not have a good head on his shoulders. That is for sure. Not so he, anymore. Uh, so he was a famous scientist, and now he's a dish to pass.
3: Yeah, something like that. I, I, I like to look at it as decoration. Oh, speaking of which, I couldn't thank
1: you guys enough for keeping Gamera relevant. Oh, really? He almost faded into obscurity thanks to Godzilla overshadowing him in the U.S. markets. You're the first person ever to thank us for Gamera.
3: Well, I I, I grew up with Gamera, and then he was
1: gone, and thanks to you guys, he's Uh, back. They went to kindergarten together.
9: Uh, He literally grew up with them. Didn't they they did a remake of Gamera recently? Uh, There's a remake in the works right now, is there not? What's taking him so long? It's not going to be good. Oh, come on. It's going to be great. Yeah. The
3: Tiger Illusion?
10: Uh, Their like remakes have been so good. Why weren't the gamma?
1: <laughs> That's a good. Tristar thing. did so well with that, yes. Yeah. A
3: lot of people think the Heisei Gamera films, the three they made during the 90s, were good. Maybe a bit overrated in my opinion, but a lot of people thought they were good. Gamera the Brave uh had its flaws had its charm the new one we'll have to wait and see and if not we'll just have to watch it and tear it apart
1: yes. but he is the greatest giant turtle with rockets inside his shell i feel we did five camera movies i feel like i've had enough camera in my life
9: at this point. <laughs> yeah uh, what what's left in the camera story to tell with, uh, and a reboot? I'm totally. It's all about it.
1: reboots these days. I'm though. totally against the
9: rebooting Gamera. Ruin my childhood, why don't you?
1: I know, right? I mean, I used to dress up as Gamera when I was a kid, and I would, of course, you know, I'd put kerosene in my boots and light them on fire so I could pretend I had
9: rockets. And this Gamera is going to be female too, so that's not going to work.
1: What? You, you can't gender swap Gamera. Gamera wearing lipstick. You see, females are afraid of giant monsters, so how is Gammer going to fight the other
3: giant monsters? Yeah, just just one more. a like Gauss in the Heisei series, series, a hermaphrodite, you
1: know? Yes, I know what a hermaphrodite is. No, nice. I'm, I'm not. I, <laughs> it's a I, frog. I,
3: not, I know you know what it meant. I, I meant... That. Anyway, um, yeah,
1: so... Well, that's a nice segue to what are you guys doing now?
9: Uh, we are on the road with our live movie riffing, The Mads Show, and we will be... Uh, look for us on Facebook. The Mads are back. Uh, to find our touring schedule, hopefully we're coming to a town near you. Excellent. And I'm uh, I'm on the
10: uh, Sirius XM radio every day, two to five. Uh, Tell me everything with John Fugelsang. I'm his wacky sidekick. I was uh, gonna
1: say I have trouble picturing you and Sirius being even in the same room.
10: Hey, I'm there every <laughs> uh, every single day, every weekday. I'm there for three hours. So uh, picture it. Um, and. Um, uh, Yeah, so, um, and and as Trace said, our touring tour show,
9: so. Uh, Plus we have June 28th, uh, the MST3K Rift Tracks reunion show broadcast over the Fathom Events Network. A uh, theater near you. You see it at your local movie theater. Yes. Live broadcast. Live on the 28th and then repeated uh, soon after sometime.
1: Generally the following week.
9: Yes. With those uh, Fathom know shows. You more than we do. Yeah.
1: I attend a lot of Fathom events. Excellent. And I always attend crossovers when I can, so. R- Crossing rift Tracks and Mystery Science Theater 3000.
9: We do cross the streams. Yes. And God bless you for it. Oh, well. <laughs> One of the lesser gods, perhaps.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, you know, we wouldn't want any capital G gods (laughs) doing
0: anything like that. (laughs) She
9: tends to get snooty. I I have, yeah. Now it's a female god? I'll ruin my childhood. (laughs) Thanks, (laughs) guys. All right, well, thank you for being with us. Thank you for all those moments. Lexi brings that camera.
1: It's
0: supposed to be reunited with an old flame like that. (laughs) All right, so we're back. Um... Those were great interviews. Um, thanks to all the celebrities, um, you know, who, who who were willing to put up with Chris Negro and Ivan Shaboski. Um, I know it's not easy; <laughs> it's not always easy to put up with them. Um, but we were so fortunate to have so many great people talking with us today. Um, wow, Mr. Science Theater, three thousand, Sean Whalen, uh, to name a few. I'm so impressed. Um, next week, we'll be back to our, our, our normal format with a guest. Um, I don't know offhand who that guest is. It's scheduled, but I don't have my uh, usual laptop in front of me because we are, as I said, live at ScareCon right now. Um, it's been a great weekend, a wonderful weekend. Um, I've had a blast here, um, and I will definitely be coming back to Scaricon in the future. Um, you should check, out, check it out. Go to ScareCon.com. Um, not only do they d- comes to Springfield, but they have other events in the area. You should definitely check them out. And as I said, on intelligentcrossoveruniverse dot com, I will be listing all the people that we've talked to, all the vendors that we've talked to. I am gonna I am gonna be plugging all of them. So go to our website and check us out. Um, that's all. That's all the time we've got. Um, I want to thank uh, thank our our sponsors, um, from crowdfunding. And as you can tell, I'm not on script today. Um, because you know, we're just having fun today. Um, it has been a blast. Just remember that everything happens somewhere. Good night.